Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. So let's, let's move on Thank to the, the parable. Yep, let's go on. Let's, let's do it. So this is a little wanna, longer. You want to read it? Yeah, I can read it, and then it will kind of pick your brain about it. As we, uh, because I'm sure you've already done some prep and have some thoughts on this too. Now, this is going to be Luke chapter 19. I'll start at verse 11, and this will go through 27. So here we go. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said. A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master said, You take charge of five cities. That another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. That's the parable of the ten minas, Luke 19, verses 11 through 27. Okay, Greg, what are your big picture thoughts and your first impressions on this story? Well, uh, it's I'm not sure that I have a complete understanding of it. I'm, I'm kind of processing it, but there's, there's some of the themes I see here are steward and responsibility, stewardship and responsibility. I see the expectation of productivity. Yes. um, Rewards and consequences. um, Being accountable to God and the principle to, to whom much is given much is required. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. risk and fear, kind of, uh, you know, are, are are some of the themes that uh, that I see. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this on you at first because 
I know um, I've never been in the banking industry. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I know this this probably stands out to you. Um, you might actually help me with some insights because um, I'm guessing in your profession, uh, you know, you can relate to this. Yes. So Greg is referring to is that I, I work at a bank. So I've been in the banking industry for 30 some years. And that's why I love uh, verse 23. And I'll read it actually the New American Standard Version. Then why did you not put my money in the bank? Um, so it's the patron verse, just like patron saints, the patron verse, I guess, of bankers everywhere. Um, but it is interesting. And by the way, that and that that's a little joke, but uh, there are a lot of, I think, people who say, well, well, there may be a maybe a more populist view that you know bankers have are deal with the money. So just like tax collectors dealt with the money in the previous story, they must be evil somehow. There's just jealousy or resentment. Um, and this is this is kind of pro-banker. Jesus says you should have given it to the bankers. So let me just dispense with that real quickly since you asked me about that. Why would why would anything be positively said about banking in the Bible? What's what could how how could banking possibly be positive? The, the the point is what the essence of banking is 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 taking it's like God's work in creation, which is to making order out of chaos, and so you have well, money, idle money sitting around everywhere. And when a bank is functioning the way it's supposed to be functioning, it's taking idle money that's not being used. Someone's got their one mina buried in the ground. They give it to the bank. The bank it becomes a clearinghouse to redistribute that money to creditworthy, uh, but appropriate causes. We'll aggregate these deposits and we're going to lend it out to this person who's going to build these homes over here or start this business over there or fund their education over there. So uh, all those individuals could lend their own money out, but they don't. They they don't know what to do with it or can't find those uh, uh, productive uses. And that's what the banks do. They become like a kind of clearinghouse. That's what it, the way it's supposed to be. And then the bank will reward you with interest. That's right. For That's right. putting putting your your money in there, so the the banking industry, um, yeah, I I love I love the fact that you're you're in the banking industry and you can <laughs> give insight into this. So we know about parables that parables are like earthly stories that illustrate some sort of spiritual truth, right? Um, it's so, a lot here. Yeah, there's there is a there is a lot here. So, um, what what are um what are some of your observations? Well, I'll tell you another one. So when I uh, I worked this into another talk, it wasn't on this, but um, uh, talking about the whole concept of work and how it's got to feel about work. And it's 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 really interesting because it starts off by saying that they thought the kingdom of God was going to come immediately. So he says, I'm going to give you a parable that says, no, there's a gap and there's a time gap between a first coming and a second coming. Okay. And so, but there is going to be a second coming. I am going to come back. And this is in chapter 13. You know, uh, he says, you know, do this until I come back. And, um, but what he's saying to them, so there's a time gap, right? And um, uh, what he says to them to do what until he comes back, and, and again, I'm going to look at the New American Standard Version. It's not the one I read, but I switch over to that version. Verse 13, it says, he gave, he called his slaves, gave them 10 minas and said to them, do business, do business with this until I come back. And this is the idea that God does, God says, cultivate the earth. You know, God said, cultivate the earth before the fall in the garden. And after the fall, he said, cultivate the earth. It's going to be thorns and thistles and difficult, but this is what I want is order out of chaos. I want you to be cultivating the earth to do business until I come back. Right. And it's a very, you know, the whole talk on the Christian views of work is it'll be a rabbit hole distraction. 
But this this one is saying God God says I want productive use of resources. I want you to take yeah. the things, the gifts I give you, and, yeah. and and whatever those gifts are. And I my expectation is you put them to work. You don't bury them in the ground. You actually do. If your if your gift is singing in the choir, you're using that gift to benefit others. If right. your gift is entrepreneurship, you're starting businesses and you're selling them. You're do- they want you to use that gift because what's going to cause real human flourishing in this world until I come back is if you're all using your gifts fully in the service of others. That I think it's a big stewardship and responsibility. Yep. Stewardship that, and responsibility. And it goes all the way back to the garden where yep. um, God gave Adam a job. Right. That's right. And he, 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 and he, he, and Adam recognized he was a steward, he was a servant. Right of God, um, and yeah, and the same is true of us. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I got a question for you. Yeah. So, so, how do you make sense now, the guy with one, and what he says? Because here he's he's making a descriptive statement about God, right? Because Jesus or Jesus, Jesus comes back and he says, "I knew you to be a hard man." And the version I have now says. I was afraid of you because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down and reap what you did not sow. I once had years ago had a non-Christian I was witnessing to read this verse and said, what does that mean? How is God? That's an awful description of God. That's a terrible description of Jesus. How do you make sense of that? What does that mean? This guy looks at him and says that, and and the guy doesn't really deny it. He says, oh, okay, I'm going to use your words against you. You knew that I was an exacting man, huh? Taking up what I did not lay down, reaping what I did not sow, eh? Well, then, you know, so it's not exactly a denial of it. It's like, I'm going to use your words against you. So anyway, I how do you make, how do you riddle me this, Greg? How do you make sense of all that? Oh, I don't know that I don't know that I've I've gotten to that point yet, but yeah. What I do believe is like I said, this is an earthly story used to illustrate a spiritual truth. So what is a mina? What is the mina in the story? I think the mina for us is the gospel. The gospel oh, itself. The, the mean, gospel that, is the mina. Really? And yeah, if you, okay, so read, think about it. If um, the the good news about Jesus is the Mina, that's, that's what we've been entrusted with that we're stewards of mm. and uh, that we're supposed to multiply and share. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's interesting. So um, in my basic research to up to this point, that, to me makes the most sense um you know th- this whole parable reflects the idea that in life we're entrusted with ver- various gifts talents and resources we have a responsibility to use them wisely and productively for the glory of god but what is the ultimate gift that god has left us why is god left why is god left us here why how come, Jim, the moment we trust Jesus, why aren't we just immediately raptured and taken to heaven? Because God's left us here with a mission. And what's the mission? The mission is to go make disciples of all the nations. Mm, mm, mm. It's it, The mission is to sh- spread the gospel. Yeah. Um, there's I can, I can quote all kinds of verses. Um, well, to seek and to save that which is lost. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if... 
have you not looked at it this way with the mina being the gospel never heard that before i gotta think about that because then the, the last one is as if jesus says the why didn't you put the gospel in the bank and i would have gotten interest on it that doesn't quite fit with the the, the gospel paradigm right it sounds like it sounds like he's talking about some kind of resources that he's distributing um but i do think in a but let me step back that is like uh because no analogy is ever perfect in every way um, right. The, but the idea that the gospel is a great resource you've been given, and then I want you to be um, using that, uh, the, the gift I'm giving you of the, the knowledge of the gospel to, to, and giving it to others. Absolutely. I could see that being a, uh, 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 what this parable is all about. Certainly, if you know your, your singing voice is a resource you have, then the gospel is also a resource you've got. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's what that's what I'm reflecting on right now i'm not saying this one this one i have to do further research so um well, let me give you a that, tip on that 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 bible difficulty i'm sorry are you gonna go different oh yeah direction? give me yeah yeah answer the bible difficulty well i don't know if i have the answer so i would love it if you do a lot of research this week and come up and, and and lay it down next week when you preach on this or speak on teach on this and okay give us the benefit but here's one thought the one thought is that the guy's image of what keeps this guy from being productive is this is his mina what keeps him from living his life to the fullest, what keeps him from like taking that mean and being productive with it is that he has the wrong image of God. His image of God is wrong. He's, he says, I knew you to be an exacting man. You reap what you did not sow. You, you, you take up what you did not lay down. You're demanding that this is, this is someone, you know, uh, sometimes Greg, we graphically draw some people who view the Christian life as a single line, right? A simple yeah. graph with holiness as the vertical axis and time as the horizontal axis, you draw a diagonal line that stops in the bottom left and goes up to the top right. And you say, there's a cross at the bottom left. Jesus starts you off in the Christian life, but the whole Christian life is mapped out by a climb up that single line, a stairway to heaven. And you got to get to the top. And this is the Christian who says, I've had it. Uh, my whole life, you've been demanding me to be holy, holy, perfect. You, 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 you keep pushing me to do all these things and be a good person. I'm sick of it. I can't do it. I can't keep up. You're an exacting man. I've tried to be a good Christian my whole life, and I feel, still feel like a four on a scale of one to ten, or zero to ten. I'm a four, and I never measure up. And you're just just so demanding, and you're exacting, and you know you and you don't need you don't even play fair. You reap what you didn't sow. It's not fair. So I've ha- I I I didn't do anything. I, I I I'm justified when I walk away from you because you you're the problem, God. You're the problem. You you're you're your character. So I, he's he's very much a judgment of God, right? And and uh, the Jesus says, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother getting into the theological debate and say, no, that's not my character. By the way, I am the gracious one who gave you the mina in the first place. You have the mina because of my gracious gift, mm-hmm. right? That's all, the only reason you have it is because I was gracious and kind to you, right? And now you turn around and say, well, you know, I I didn't have, you know I'm justified. I didn't have to do anything because you you know God, you, your character is well, right? He has the wrong image of God. Right. And Jesus yeah. says, well, you know, look, I, that you got it all wrong. But at the very least you could have done is give it to someone who was productive with that gift. <laughs> give it to the banker so they could redistribute it to some productive use. Because what I really want is human flourishing. And I want that I want to cultivate my kingdom and I want my kingdom to thrive. And so I want these resources really deployed in that way, even though you got it wrong. At least that we could have salvaged this losing situation by giving it to somebody else. Anyway, that's one way I make sense of that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, 
that that no, that's really good. I like that. That's, well, see if the commentators agree on this. See if you read the commentators, let me know. That's I'm insightful. Really curious. That's insightful. Yeah. So, um, so maybe maybe it's better to say instead of the mina in this parable is the gospel. Maybe the gospel is just one of the minas. It's that, an example of amina you've been given. It's an example of an amina that we've been gifted that God yeah. has given us. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, yeah, but, but it's but it is interesting. It's not anti-business. He says do business. It's not anti-banking because he mentions banking. It's not anti-productivity, and it's also not you know equal distribution of wealth. Right? It's like no, um, because he says give it to the one who has ten minas. Wait, he's already got ten. He's already got plenty. Uh, so God has his own economy, right? Um, there's another parable, I think it's Luke 20, where everyone works different hours in the field and they all get the exact same reward. Here you have differential rewards, but it's all God's anyway, right? Yeah. So, so uh, why does, why is, why does Luke include this parable here? What are your thoughts on that? Why is it? Well, he tells you a little bit at the beginning because, you know, they're listening and they're, they're thinking that, the kingdom is God's going to come immediately. So he's got to correct that misconception. He's got to say, there's going to be a big time gap. And I do want things to happen during that time gap. I want to establish the church, right? Share the gospel. Like you said, I want, yes. it's going to be thousands of years. So I do want things to happen during that time gap. And I want you to be productive. I don't want you to sit around and wait for me coming. Right. So he, I do think that's a big part of it. Right. At the beginning he says he has to clear that misconception up. Yeah. So yeah. be prepared be productive yeah. um be yes, prepared yes. for my be prepared for my return but be productive in the meantime oh you need to think of another word that starts with peace you have three p's <laughs> uh and plan and plan and pray oh pray you got to pray or prayer is always a good one right pray, prayer yeah, there. pray praise <laughs> a great oh yeah you can't go wrong with the with no prayer. you're looking for a fourth p for your fourth point outline <laughs> that's yeah that's funny that's great um no, it's a really, you know, it's it's really a a good uh, a good parable, um, and uh, I, yeah, I need to do a little bit more research on this one, but uh, um, there there is something here, you know, about risk and fear because the one yeah. servant, you know, he failed to invest the mina, and he did it because of fear. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I this reminds was, yeah. this this is kind of a good reminder that fear can paralyze us and hinder us from taking risks for the yeah. sake of the kingdom of God. Um so how does the gospel overcome that? How does perfect love cast out all fear? Um well, because you know you're accepted, you know you're loved, you know the sequence of the gospel from Zacchaeus, the or this passage before, right? You're right. Yeah, exactly. Um so when you when you find your identity in Christ, you know that frees you to have faith and be willing to step out of your comfort zones. You know, um, when I was talking about guy and that 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 interpretation of those that his phrase, when I said he's like sick of being, I'm a four on a scale of one to ten, and I'm sick of it. I would keep trying, trying, trying. You're so exacting, you're so demanding. I just can't do it anymore. Um, that's also non-gospel thinking. That's what we keep thinking about. There's someone who says, "I this is you know one of his servants." So someone who saved, you can be saved and have that wrong gospel, not wrong thinking about how the Christian life works, 
and uh, we said this before on this podcast, but it's not that you're a four on a scale of one to 10 or a nine on a scale of one to 10. We are all zeros, complete zeros on a scale of one to 10. But in God's eyes, we're all tens. There were zeros and tens at the, at same, the same time. time. At, that's the key at the same time. And that, by the way, if you get that, then you have, hey, I can be productive because my standing with the king doesn't depend on if I lose this mean, I'm going to invest it and try to get five more because I have the comfort of knowing that he accepts me anyway. So I could take risks, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can take. So I, I do think that. Um, and and how many how many people have a wrong view of God? How many people their view of God is is off? Um, oh, uh, so many, so many. Yeah. Um, they. Yeah. And, and yeah. even even, even people, believers. Even believers, yeah, right, and because we we misunderstand or miss miss um, we misunderstand the scripture and what the scripture teaches about God, and we we, we read we we can read passages, um, and and I think you're right. I think a lot of people think of God as like this guy saying, you know, mm-hmm. they I'm a hard man. You're a hard man. You're a hard man. Or, you're a hard God. So, um, and you're not even fair. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you, you know, you're, yeah, you're a lousy taskmaster. You're exacting man and a harsh taskmaster and a lousy taskmaster. Right. right. So, um, I mean, so much, so much of, so much of religion is, is, uh, is fear-based. You know, oh yes, so much. Well, and it works to an extent, right? You don't want to go to hell, do you? Right, right. right. You don't want to have, uh, you know, don't you? You don't want to hear, you know, you're, you're, um, you, you depart from me, you wicked servant, and, and I never knew you, and like he says here, right? I mean, you know what's interesting? Thinking about that, you know, the because we did live through a time twenty or thirty years ago where that was the main way to share the gospel is you don't want to go to hell, right? Um, you know that works that works um that works enough to get you to say a sinner's prayer but i don't think it really changes you from the inside out no no it works short term to change behavior you can right it can it can change you for the it 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 can it it can uh yeah and fear always does that it can it it does it does it's one way to change a person but lasting change comes through the gospel, the good news right. that Jesus went to hell for us. Yes, as he is my substitute. That's right. Yeah. I don't that's right. I don't have to go to hell because he went to hell. He took he took the hell I deserved. Yeah. Um in my place. Um so that, you know, um, yeah, and and you know, one of the things we say in our podcast is the gospels it's it's more than good news it's the best news it's the best right. news ever yeah um if you if you really if you really get it um so any final thoughts on on this no i know I, I don't know i'm really curious i do think you, you're gonna have to also just as a heads up uh i don't have an answer for this but verse 27 the end where it's very harsh the way this ends Yes. You know, Jesus says, these enemies of mine, those who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. 
you should look at some commentators on that. That's not the way you, again, if you were messed up, you wouldn't make that up. You say, oh, Jesus was a teacher of love and peace. Whoa, wait, what's that? Where does that verse come from? Um, it's like there's real judgment. There's there's real judgment. There's real consequences for rejecting the gospel, right? And rejecting Jesus. And um, maybe it's tied in with the, that doctrine, the the uh, the unforgivable sin, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which I think is just rejection of the gospel, rejection of Jesus. But um, and you know maybe this is just how he's using harsh words and hyperbole to get across the point. Like, look, there's a spiritual death is being apart from me forever. And yeah. Uh, that is that is that is horrible. So, um, but but it's 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 not the way we, a modern writer would write it. If you're and it's not the way I think people who say, well, you know, basically he's a teacher of love and peace. Jesus was just a good teacher. They yeah. haven't read verse. They haven't read Luke nineteen verse twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, rejecting the rejecting the gospel is a life or death decision. Amen. Um, and amen. Amen. Just like just like the servants, the servants of the master each had to answer to him, but yeah. so do his enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. The servants answer and the enemies answer. You're exactly right. The servants and the and and but the ultimate thing is there was there is a final judgment. There is. And, and uh, that's and, why yeah. that's why that's why uh you know your response to the to the reign of Jesus is a life or death decision. Your response yeah. to the the good news of the gospel is a life or death decision. Well, um, yeah. Look at the contrast we talked about tonight, the rich young ruler that we referred to who responded to the call of Jesus and walked away sad and didn't respond well. Zacchaeus, you know, gets the invitation as dinner with Jesus. Life has changed forever. He responds, his heart responds. Right. Um, yeah. And then these servants, how they have different responses to Jesus. So that is the great question, right? The greatest offer ever. You just, but you have to, you just have to take it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.